0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. What is the meaning of worthy? Do we even know what the meaning of worthy is? It's kind of a tricky question because it covers a lot of things validated, able to receive, receive. so the idea of the word worthy is like matching up, our actions should match our words, and our outward presentations should match our inward convictions, to walk worthy of our calling means to live up to that calling. To live in such a way as to honor God as we complete his course of action for us. That is in Colossians 1. That is the biblical version of worthy. One, we have to walk. Worthy is tied to the four personal, we have four characteristics of worthy. Worthy. It's being fruitful. Now, this is where you, when you spoke those things, validating and good and um, receiving, these are part of these four validations or these characteristics. Being fruitful in every good work. Number two, steadily increasing the knowledge of God. Number three, using the power of God to joyfully endure and patiently persevere and number 4 giving thanks to the father for what he has done would you repeat those please i will one is being fruitful in every good work two is steadily increasing in the knowledge of god Three is using the power of God to joyfully endure and patiently persevere, and four is giving thanks to the Father for what He has done. Absolutely, there's good in all things. It's your. It's going to be your outlook of how you see things. So, what about self-worth? Is the meaning or being worthy the same as self-worth? The Bible, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this, and then there's some scriptures here we'll turn to. The Bible actually has many passages that tells us that God, what God has to say about us our worth, and our value in his eyes. And the first one's going to be in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Do we understand that God is perfect? It says we are made in his own image the very image of God. In Psalms 139, it's 13 through 16. It says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in the book of all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. That basically says God has chosen his children before the foundations of the earth were ever formed. And now we're going to go to Ephesians 1 4. Go ahead. You know, you can go ahead and read it. before the foundations of the earth were ever formed. We were told that we are God's own possession, chosen for the praise of His glory, and that we have inheritance in heaven with Him as His children in those four scriptures. I'll say it again. We are told we are God's own possession, chosen for the praise of His glory, and that we have inheritance in heaven with him as his children. Oh, we rate up there pretty high. I'm thinking we are worthy. It says, but notice the wording in each of the above phrases. Okay, now we're going to, I didn't tell you to keep your thumbs in the places, but that's okay. It says, are made, are made, are fearfully and wonderfully made, were written, God chose his children, we are God's own possession, and we have an inheritance. It doesn't say we're, we might be wonderfully okay. Um, it doesn't say that he thought about, you know, choosing us to be his children. It, these, are, these are facts in place. We are wonderfully made. God chose us. We are God's own possession, and we have an inheritance. These are things that we have not done for ourselves. There's none of this that in our own means could, we, could reach or, or maybe desire to, but it's never going to happen without Christ. We, these things are not we have done for ourselves, nor have we earned or deserved them. We are in fact merely the recipients of all spiritual blessings of heavenly places in Christ. And that's in Ephesians 1, 3, where it's blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Therefore, we can conclude that our worth is not really of the self. We created that self-worth. He did not. At rather, it, it is worth given to us by God, so we are worthy. We are an estimable value to him because of the price he paid to make us worthy. It didn't come without a cost. The death of his son on the cross is what gave us our worthiness. The Bible also tells us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us in Romans 5 If you want to go there. But God commandeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In fact, we were dead in trespasses and sins if it wasn't for the cross. And in Ephesians 2.1, it says, what worth is there in dead things? Actually, I don't, I can't see any worth in dead things. The answer would be None. God imputed to us his own righteousness in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Not because we were worthy of it, but because we were unworthy, unlovable, unable to make ourselves worthy in any way. So there's nothing we can do to make ourselves worthy without Christ. But, and here's the miracle, he actually loved us in spite of our condition, knowing that we were such a mess, it did not matter. He loves us in spite. And because He did, we now have infinite worth. Not self-worth, infinite worth, which is forever and ever, and that means, or amen is, let it be. In John one twelve. I had to stop at the scriptures that I had, and I still have a lot. Um, It says, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It tells us that those who receive Christ and believe in his name, God gave their right to become his children. So when we become that Christian, we become saved, and we lead someone to the Lord, they are an automatic have automatic inheritance. They are automatic, um, have infinite worth. In John 1, nine, it says that that was the true light which lighteth every man that come into the world. That tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from un- all unrighteousness. If we focus on how much God loves us and the price he paid to redeem us, we'll come to see ourselves as God sees us. And that's pretty amazing, I'm thinking myself. And that will help us understand just how much we really are worthy as children of the Most High God. So, do we insult ourselves when we say, I'm not worthy? Or do we insult the Father? As believers, he says, Oh, but Amy, I gave you your worth. I gave you, I made you worthy. I sent my son and died on the cross to make you worthy, infinite worthy. So our self worth is often too based on what we see in people and what other people see in us or tell us about ourselves. The one true authority on our self-worth we should only seek from one person, and that is Jesus Christ. And since he gave his own life for us by dying on a cross that should tell us just how valuable we really are. That That should define and have the understanding of what worthy means. Okay, so how do we walk in it? Just keeps getting a little harder. It seems like, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, I know that, and I've received that. But how do we walk in it? Because do we really walk in it? Do we walk? Do we walk in knowing that we are the children of the King? That I'm I am His. Knowing it and walking in it are two different things. What time is it? We want to go into it or do we want to make that next week's We can start if you would Renewing like. Renewing I think, is the key for that. Renewing. am Right. Who does he say I am? Yes. Let him be the one. Because, you know, there have been times that I finally came to that place of surrender where I'm like, okay, God, Parker's asked me to do some things that is really out of my comfort zone, and this is one of them. And he quickly came back and he said, but you're not doing it. I'm giving you the words to speak. I'm giving you, you know, just your obedience is all I'm asking. And so how many times have we turned down things because we felt not worthy we're just not he doesn't call us and not equip us he equips the called and so I would never would I think twice now Parker I'll tell him no all day long but I would never tell the Lord no I'm not going to do it but I do ask Parker did that come from the (laughs) Lord (laughs) Did he tell you I was supposed to do the next? Anyways, because I'm like fire, you know, bringing fire and bringing messages are not in the same, you know, word category for me. But anyways, it's been a blessing, and you know, it's made me get back in the Word more than I've ever been. Because how can I stand before you and teach these things if I don't live these things? If I can't, I can't present it to you. If and you know that whether you see that on the outside of me or not, I know that I see that I'm worthy. I am worthy in, in the Father's eyes. Um, and I know I have infinite worth um, because of what He's done for me. But walking in it is just a little bit more trying. Um, in Colossians 1.10, and there's several different versions that I've looked at. There's an just to kind of give you an idea, because you may go, well this doesn 't go with my what my um, version is, but i 'm going to be talking out of New American Standard Bible, New King James Version, English Standard, and New International Version, because they have different some different wording. King James is the best. Uh, New King James just kind of kind of breaks it down a little bit more simpler, um, but the King James. Um, is really the, the, the factual, I feel like. They don't take anything out of it. Um, but in Colossians 1.10, does anybody have that? That's good. Can you read that one more time? Being fruitful in every good work. Every good not good work, not just some. In tearing down buildings, you're, you're bearing fruit. You're giving fruit. In preparing and us ladies coming together, I, it just warms my heart. Y'all just don't know how excited I am to see that y'all are wanting to be a part of what God is putting into place. Um it's such it's so important it's just so important but the fun that we have in it and I've of course I've been here a long time and I've known y'all for a long time um and so y'all are all special to me anyways um but it's just exciting that we we can do this in bearing good fruit also Amy's version in fun you can bear good fruit in fun um I mean, I'm, it's not biblical, but I I, I believe that um, Paul encourages the believers uh, that with the with the glorious truth of God's grace in choosing them out of the world, so they so that they would be holy and blameless in His sight. In Ephesians one four, um, I will read. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And then in chapter 4, he turns to the practical application of theology, exhorting them to walk worthy of their calling and position in Christ. Um, And that is... uh, It says, "Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism." one God and Father of all who is above all through all and in you all so we must keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace okay and then to walk in new testament it often refers to the daily conduct of like us getting up and going through life God has ordained His children that should walk in good works. Paul similarly encourages the Colossian believers, praying that they would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. So we hear fruitful again. And increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. For all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Paul also assures the Christians in Rome that all those faith rests in Christ have been baptized into his death and buried with him, and, and that now, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of his life. The command to walk worthy of our calling does not mean that we are to somehow merit or earn our position. Rather, Paul is exhorting believers to live their lives so as to prove they belong to Christ. They are to maintain a fidelity to Christ and live with integrity. True believers will display the fruit of the Spirit, which we know what those are, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, and it goes on forever, who lives in them. Their daily lives match their message, their position in Christ, and the character of Christ, that is really, if you get nothing else out of what I'm speaking tonight, because I'm kind of going sort of fast, that those things are the things that are important. And that is, their daily lives match their message. What message do you bring when you get up in the morning to your children? What message do you bring when you get up to your husband, or you go to work, or school, or... Wherever you may go, doctors, if they're late, what message do you bring them? Do you bring them grace and mercy or do you bring them frustration? What message do you bring them? And is your position in Christ? And is your character of Christ? They live their religion, not merely profess it. We've been called with the holy calling James reiterates, this is 2 Timothy 1.9. It's the New American Standard Bible. James reiterates the idea that we should walk according to that call, our lives reflecting good works. I oh, know, good works was spoke there, and that's not really something that we... I feel like the good works that they're insinuating is good deeds, um, is, is because I, I did read a little further in that, and it actually says deeds. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith that has no deeds? That was James 1, nine. That was, uh, no, 2 Timothy 1, nine. Can such faith save them? And then in James 2.14, James is warning those who do not walk worthy of their calling. So there is a warning if we choose and resist to not walk in befaller's worthiness. There's, you're going to be miserable. You'll be a miserable person. But he, he chooses for us to, to live in, in a, a freedom. But he warns us by saying, who do not walk worthy of their calling, that their faith is a dead faith, which is no faith at all. There's that black and white. How we live should match up with what we say we believe. You can't say you believe that there's a chair there, but then be afraid to sit down. Or you can't say, um, I believe my doctor's appointment's at nine. I'm not sure, and not go. I mean, you're, it, it, you're, it's that gray that Parker's been preaching on. for. You've, it's a surety. You've got to know And then in Acts 26, 18, it says, We have been called out of darkness into light, out of slavery to sin into freedom. Romans 6, 16 through 18 says, And out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God, we were all, before we, before we came to know the Lord, we were of the flesh. And then when we became, when we became saved, and we ask that Holy Spirit to live and dwell within us is when we became renewed. We became complete in Him. And this is what that say, this is what this is saying. I just it's little words a little bit more out there. But it says the reality of the calling of that calling is reflected in our daily lives as we rely on His divine power to walk worthy. So the only way for us to live our daily lives to function in a way that we can produce fruit, and that our fruit is good, and that what we say is edifying to someone is to live in his divine and walk in his divine power. Can I add yes. You're talking about fun. Ironic, I had a conversation with one of my customers today, and that's exactly what we were talking about is when you go out I mean as I mean this life is supposed to be fun in Christ. I mean it is it is going out and expecting to have those encounters. hmm and it being fun. And then when you do get to witness I mean praise alleluia. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. We were talking about that today about it's supposed to be fun. No matter who you encounter, it's supposed to be fun. And fun is contagious. People are like, why is she so happy? My hair don't look right. I don't know what, why she's all bouncing around like she's having a, you know, her hair don't look that great. You know what I'm saying? I'm, maybe that was a bad example, but, <laughs> you know, but, you know, people pick up on that. People pick up on, you know, people pick up on your laugh, Melissa. That's why you're going to be a greeter, because you have got a laugh that is, it's got uh, magnetism in it. Is that a word? Did I just create that? It's, it's, it's got a magnet. You've got a magnet personality that attracts people. Would y'all agree? Yes. And it's that, I'm telling you. And so, you know, I've, I've heard pastor after pastor say, you know, that we, we love to hear that laugh. And so there, there are a lot of things like that that just warms your heart. The fun, knowing that yes, I, my job is just you know I work with Danny, and sometimes it's a little difficult, and I'm you know I try to have fun, but I am I'm the I'm like the class clown up there because it's he takes things seriously, and I just you know I go behind him, and and the guys crack up, but. You got to have you got to have fun. You got to you know who would want to be a Christian if they didn't see Christians enjoying life. And can you, and we talked about doing this hayride and and I've I've spoke with a lot of different ladies in the community already about it. And that are not part they're like, "Can we come?" And I'm like, "Well, absolutely. I can't run up and down these streets by myself. You know, I'd love for you to come help and deliver. But they're just like, really? I mean, it's it, you know, churches. It's something that we need to be in a place where we are surrendered and we love the Lord, and it is, for me, it, it is a serious and an intimate moment. But in saying that, he produces laughter. He is laughter. He is joy. He's he created all those things, all things good, and uh, and if you can do it through fun and laughter, then that just warms His heart. How many times do we run to friends when we have an issue, for instead of running running to God? And you know, I can't tell you how many times I've stopped in my tracks. So I'm like, ooh, I got to get to Randy, and I'm like, ooh, I really need to get to God first. You know. I've caught myself several times, and do you know when I've gone to God first, I ended up not going to Randy because God resolved it every time. We just, we rely because we forget sometimes on each other instead of going, on, getting down on our knees and on our face and surrendering whatever it is that, um, that is bogging us down. One of the things that I did is, and I'm sure we've all experienced it at some point, but when my kids, uh, I think the youngest seemed to, to, for me to be the most difficult. <laughs> and he wasn't a bad kid. He just liked to stay out late. And, you know, he was already out of high school. And but still 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, leaving a light on in the kitchen. And then he's like, why are you leaving a light on for your 21-year-old son? I'm like... Um, I don't know. And he asked me that like two or three other times, and I finally, it finally dawned on me, it's not for him. When he came in, he would turn that light off, and when I'd wake up, I'd see the light off, I knew he was home. And I finally told Danny, I said that, you know, it was for me, but I'm like, Lord, why do I have restless nights? Why am I allowing... Myself to have restless nights because he belongs to you, and I had to pray for the Lord to release me because he is saved, he is a Christian. I, to release me from him, that you know the 21 years that I, that I had that I felt uh, I raised him in a, in a home where Christ was, and he he came to know the Lord. That and so, Lord, now I'm giving back to you. And I know that you had your protections around him. You're going to guide him and show him and direct him and convict him and all those things that go with it. And I release myself. And from that point on, I've never did it again. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.